Welcome to Attorney at Law Magazine's Behind the Case with Judge Gail Toussaint and our special guest, trial attorney, Leela Schmidt. Before we begin, let me introduce the judge and Leela to our listening audience. Judge Gail Toussaint has served as a Georgia trial judge for 30 years and was elected by voters six times to retain her judicial office. She served as chief judge of the Atlanta Judicial Circuit from 2014 through 2018. In May 2019, the litigation section of the Atlanta Bar Association recognized her distinguished public service with its highest honor for judges, the Logan E. Bleckley Award. Leela Schmidt is taking the law by storm in the state of Georgia with her unique style of practicing law and building her law practice from the ground up. Leela founded LMS Law Group in 2015 and over the past five years has built a very eccentric law firm with two office locations located within the Atlanta metro area. Leela's practice focuses on various fields of law from criminal defense to medical malpractice to representing celebrities in sports and entertainment. She is also a law professor and the director of the Gwinnett College Paralegal Program here in Atlanta. Welcome. Judge, I turn the show over to you. Thank you, Bill. And hello, Leela. How are you today? I'm well. Thank you for having me. So I want to jump right in. And in listening to your impressive bio, um, I'm a wordsmith, and so I focused on eccentric. What makes your practice eccentric? <clears throat> well, there are a few reasons what make my practice eccentric. I have to, one, it's my personality. I bring my personality to my job every day and people enjoy my personality. <laughs> That's eccentric. But I believe what um, eccentric mostly is about my practice is the fact that I really don't like to turn clients away from my door. I know there are attorneys who specialize in various practices or maybe only a few fields of law. However, <clears throat> I look at being an attorney as in the focus is to assist an individual that has an issue or a problem. With that being said, when somebody comes into my door um, and it could be with an issue in a field of law that I have never practiced in, but that doesn't mean that they're going to get turned the other way. Um, I can reach out to my associates and colleagues uh, that do practice in those areas to ensure that this person gets the representation they're looking for. I believe that's what makes me eccentric. So you mentioned having a network of colleagues, associates that you can reach out to so that you don't have to turn anyone away from your door. But what made you decide to go into a solo practice as opposed to, I guess, you know, getting together with, with your colleagues and associates and, and forming <clears throat> a firm with more than one attorney? <laughs> I have to say I'm selfish with that one. Um, growing up in a military family, I was taught to work. And that's all I've ever known all my life is to to work. And if whatever I wanted in life, whatever I was going to do in life, how to succeed was going to be on my own volition and my own you know, gut to get it done. I knew coming out of law school that I wanted my own practice and I wanted to enjoy the fruits of my labor um, on my own dime and to enjoy the successes that uh, being a solo practitioner 
entails with the success you can have, you know, since you're doing it on your own. That was my biggest inspiration, so to speak, is to, I wanted to build my own practice so I could say, hey, I did that. And five years strong and I'm doing it. Well, good, good for you. So you said you don't like turning people away from your door. How, how do you find that they find your door? You know, (laughs) that's a good question because it started out five years ago when I didn't have an office. Obviously, when I started out with nothing, it was just a, I got my bank accounts open. I'm incorporated. Now what? So I said a prayer. The very next day, a friend hit me up. Well, he, he wasn't a friend. He was somebody that I had met along the way. He was a traveling salesman, and he didn't forget that I was barred in at the time. And he was like, hey, he, he hit me up on Facebook, and he was like, hey, I have a drug case out in Walton County. Can you help me? And I was like, okay. So I told him how much it would cost and what the procedure was, and he met me the next day and paid me in full. And I'm like, well, my rent's paid. I can do this. So <laughs> so I started practicing drug cases. Like I took on primarily drug cases and drug trafficking. And I had found out that some of the metro counties actually uh, on the 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 websites for jail and sheriff's office, et cetera, would update the new arrests every 24 hours. So I was literally handwriting 40 to 50 letters a day with my signature on these letters to reach out to these individuals to obtain a client base for criminal cases. And I was getting responses back. And out of those responses back, you know, I would get cases every now and then, and they were primarily drug cases. So I was like, okay, I need to learn how to be, quote, a drug lawyer is, is how I got my foot in the door with it. And once I did good for one of them, then here comes the next phone call from their buddies. And then it it just snowballed from there. That's how my name got out there. They knew there's this girl driving this little black Mercedes all over Metro Atlanta and various parts of the city that maybe aren't so appealing to certain people. She was out there representing these clients. And that's how they found my name. And that's how they still find my name. So you sound like you're probably comfortable with um, folks from all walks of life. Is, yes. it, is that accurate? Absolutely. Absolutely. And why is that? You know, I have always been like that since I was young. Um, I don't look, especially with my criminal clientele, I don't look at these individuals as bad people. I look at these individuals, um, you know, what caused them to make these decisions that they did. Um I'm not a judgmental person, you know, and obviously in the legal realm, everybody deserves, you know, a legal right to representation by our constitution. Um, and I want to be that person. I'm not there to judge them. I'm there to help them. And I don't care what you did. I just need you to tell me the truth <laughs> so I can get you through it. And hopefully we can get you the best outcome. So since criminal law is an integral part of your practice, Mm -hmm. um, I'm curious if when you were in law school, um, were you attracted to criminal law then? Honestly, when I was in law school, I was scared to death. And I'll give you an example. My first year of law school, uh, my professor had called on me in a class of 100 people, however many was in there. And I stood up and it was my torts class. And I never had heard of the word chattel before. 
and I read it should tell. And everybody started laughing. And I'm like, why is everybody laughing at me? And they're like, it's chattel. And I was so embarrassed. I was like, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. That's why I'm here to learn. <laughs> so so no, criminal wasn't exactly on my mind in the beginning. Um, it, it developed over law school once I got into you know my elective courses and I was feeling out what I was leaning towards as as what I wanted to practice. And my evidence teacher um, was a Harvard graduate and a United States district attorney from the Virgin Islands. His name was Professor Birdsong. You might have heard of him. He's got a few books out and he's a speaker. And I've never forgotten that that man in that class with my evidence class. And he was just so moving with criminal law and the stories he told and his history. And I was like, man, what a role model. So that's really where I've I put my my foot down. I was like, I think I want to take that route. Was after seeing seeing him and his history and practicing. So, what advice would you give for someone listening who who maybe is still in law school or is out of law school and not enjoying what they're doing as as their legal practice? What, what advice would you have for kind of finding something that can have you as passionate as you seem to be about what you're doing. So in this job, what I have come to learn to handle the workload, let alone the stress, because this is a very stressful profession, because you're handling people's life problems. It's not a reality show. It's not for TV. It is reality. And you have to have a very strong grit about you to to take on this role, to take on the kind of problems, per se, that confront you. You never know what's going to walk through your door at any given time. You don't know who's going to be on your phone. You don't know what kind of situations are going to arise um, that you have to tackle. If somebody wants to hire you and you have the capability, you you better be ready. So what I would tell... And I also tell my intern, Abigail, because she's going to law school. I told her the same thing. I said, find out what you're good at. Find out what you're comfortable with. And don't turn people away if they come to you. Even if it's something you don't think you might be able to tackle, then you, you better figure it out and find a way to tackle it. Because once you do and your client is so thrilled with the outcome, there's no better feeling than having a happy client because – that makes me understand that, hey, I did my job right. Law school, that three years of prison, <laughs> it was worth it. So that's what I would tell them. So do you have a kind of a, a ge- geographic perimeter within which you're practicing or are you going to all 100 and what is it, 159 counties? <laughs> yes, ma'am. I have been all the way down to Savannah, St. Mary's, to Augusta, Georgia, to Dahlonega, to um, Harrelson County. I've represented the victim's family of, um, he was a, a murder victim in Alabama. Right now I have a case in Missouri, a civil rights case, um, on a young lady with an issue with a high school that I just took on that the lady found me all the way down here in Atlanta, Georgia to take that case. Um, so I have no boundaries. If you find me and I can help you, we're going to figure it out. So I know that you are aware that we are um, 
you know, celebrating the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment and women's suffrage. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a lot of talk these days about racial equality, gender equality. So what do you think it is about you, um, a female, um, a tiny female that makes um, an attractive female. <laughs> Thank you. That, that makes your clients, um, you know, comfortable with you handling their, you know, their life and their liberty. So that's a good question. And that's not the first time I've actually been asked that before. <sighs> Again, it goes back to how I would want to be treated. I, I remember when I was younger, and going into some corporate buildings and you know it's it's the whole the whole show of the the good looking building the elevators got to sit in the reception room wait maybe 15 minutes for somebody to come greet you like it's the normal you know introduction to to what you're doing and i always told myself once i got my law firm i was not going to make somebody feel how that made me feel and that that whole show makes me feel uncomfortable. So I wanted to make my clients feel comfortable. So when you enter my law office, whether it's in Marietta or if it's in Cumming, I have a couch, I have a kitchen, I have wine, I have a table, big conference table. You can sit there, kick your feet up, eat, whatever, talk, just like I'm a therapist, you know, it's obviously confidential. But I want them to feel comfortable. Comfort to me is the biggest factor to, to get through this. You have to be comfortable and put the anxiety aside, um, not only for the client, but for, for myself as being their advocator. You know, um, I want them to feel that they can tell me anything. And that's how we get through things. So when I, when in regards to being a woman, that's been a hard one since I started practicing. Um, it is, when when you look at criminal law, um, from my experience, it's very male-dominated as far as attorneys go. I can remember- And defendants. And defendants. <laughs> yeah, yes, okay. actually. I, I don't, you know what? I don't, I haven't had but just a handful of female defendants. They, they have been primarily male. Um, but I remember one time I walked into a courtroom- and the west side of of the metro and it was my first time ever being in that court and nobody knew my face i didn't know anybody's faces i'm trying to figure everything out who the players are etc and i walked in that room and of course you know everybody's like who is she she's new you know who's that new face and one gentleman he was an attorney walked up and asked me are you the court reporter because he was looking for the court reporter and I'm like, oh, no, you didn't, you know, in my head. I just wanted to say what I wanted to say, but I'm like, no, sir, I'm sorry, that's not me. Like, I had to make a name for myself. I had to quickly, you know, let everybody know, no, no, I, I didn't go through all this school and do what I was doing to be somebody's court reporter. <laughs> you know, I've got a bar license like everybody else in here. So it, it's been tough, but... Once I got through that and once I got my name out there, once I started winning my cases, once people started figuring out who I was and the name Leela, that's not a common name, you know, it can be recognized, life became a lot easier for me. And when I started getting phone calls um, from clients, you know, they're like, oh, I heard you did well with this case for so-and-so. And that's that's that really helped, obviously. But I had to break through barriers 
as a woman, and I'm still breaking through barriers. Um, I think we'll always, as women, have to break through barriers in the legal field. So I appreciate your answer. I um, I can remember, you know, as an attorney, actually, a case that I handled um, in Walton County. But I think the case that sticks out most in my mind, um, I did primarily civil, and um, I was sent down to McRae, Georgia. And at the time, I was an associate in Atlanta in an Atlanta firm. Um, I was African American. I was eight months pregnant, <laughs> and I was representing a uh, financial company that wanted to foreclose on the McRae farmer. So you can imagine, and this was several years ago, so right. you can imagine all the looky loos, you know, mm-hmm. coming out of the woodworks, um, you know, to see me. The one thing, won the case, settled the case, um, all good. But the one thing that stood out to me uh, was the impression that I was able to make on the judge. And as a result, um, it was Judge Hugh Lawson. You know, he has written letters for me and supported mm-hmm. me, you know, going forward. So my question for you is, how have the judges reacted to you compared to, you know, the folks that are um, in the galley or waiting, you know, to represent their clients? You know, I guess that answer depends on where I'm at. When I've practiced in the rural counties, um, I've actually, you know, and there's very few judges on on the bench, I've gotten to actually know some of them personally. Um, and that there is one of one of them has stuck out, if I can say his name. If, if you wish, it's up to you. You're, you're going yeah, before yeah. him, not me. Yeah, yeah. Judge Judge Irwin has at out in Rockdale County has made quite the impression on me, and um, he is a very animated judge. He's very passionate in his in his opinions. Um, there was one case I had with him. I was repping a young man that uh, I think it was a theft case. He had some other charges and. Um, it was, it was, a, it was a plea deal, you know, um, and judge Irwin came, came down on him about what he did at a young age and to, you know, ensure that he wouldn't do it again. And he, he was letting the young man walk that day with, with no incarceration time, which was wonderful on, on both of our parts. And he told that young man, which I'll never forget this. He said, um, I don't like to put people in orange. He's like, you're in orange right now, but I don't like to put people in orange. And he was like, I listened to your lawyer and I listened to what she told me that you would ensure that you were going to promise me that you would do if I let you out of here today. And he was like, you better not be blowing smoke up my robe. And I have never <laughs> forgot that. <laughs> that 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 um opinion and his speech to that young man was so it, it, it was the best thing I've ever heard. And it went on for about 45 minutes to where I went and got the hearing transcribed so I can, I have it in my office for people to read. So he, he's one of my favorites. Um, I have met some other judges, um, personally. Um, however, I haven't had the, the opportunity, uh, to network with him, you know, in a, in a private sense as much as I would like as some people get the opportunity to, but hopefully I will. Well, thank you, Leela. It's been great chatting with you. Thank you. Before we close our show, let me ask the judge and Leela to tell our audience how they can reach you. Judge, you first. 
Well, I am currently arbitrating and mediating cases, especially in this era of COVID, really busy. So I can be found um, at JAMS. My email is G-T-U-S-A-N at jamsadr.com. Leela, and you? Yes, you can. My office and the phone number, uh, the main office in Marietta is 770-693-2067. Or you can reach through my website, which is www.lmslawgroup.com. Great. Thank you. That concludes Attorney at Law Magazine's Behind the Case with Judge Gail Toussaint. Thanks for listening. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.